hello, America. This is your host, Mark Dunnigan, and welcome once again to The Daily Answer. And today's show is when saying yes also means saying no. I ran into that a while back, that when you say yes to something, that inherently involves saying no to other things. For you and I cannot be everywhere at the same time. We cannot do everything at once. Thus, pay attention to what you're choosing at the moment, because it often means that you're opting out of other options. Now, there are cases where you absolutely need to do that. There are options that the door needs to be closed to that option because it's hurtful, it's sinful, it's wrong. Yet, in this particular episode, we want to talk about being far more mindful of Okay, before you opt into that option, do you understand the door that you might be closing at the same time? Actually, a door that you want to keep open. When it comes to marriage, our culture is telling young men and women, especially our young women, a very dangerous myth that you can play, travel, do what you want, live for yourself in your 20s. And the window for a mate and children will still be wide open in your 30s or your 40s. And that's a lie. The window for marriage and children is actually a very narrow window, even in our modern times. In fact, there really is never a time in your life that you should simply live for you. That's really bad practice. That prevents maturity and character development. Even when you're single, it should not be all about you. It should be about others, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and following. You know, the Apostle Paul was not married, but it's not because he wanted to simply travel and live for Paul. Rather, he wanted to throw all his energy into spreading the kingdom of God, into saving souls into making the world a better place, into glorifying his creator. Even before you're in your 20s, you should be preparing and working on your character and your skills and be the right person instead of looking for the right person for me. Be the right person. I want to be the right person for another honest, godly person. Are you the right person for that individual? And be as mature as you can be at that age so that you have put yourself in a position to be marriageable. I saw one interview with a woman, now single, childless, who regrets not putting more of her energy in her 20s in the wisely dating and looking for a fellow team player, a fellow troubleshooter in life. What many young people now realize is that the decision to be, the, the decision to be single in their 20s, closed the door that they were not intending to close. And not only is life shorter than they think, James chapter 4, where just a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away, but the window for finding a mate and having children is short as well. Do not believe the modern myth. Oh, you've got plenty of time. You can remain an adolescent. You can remain playing your video games, 
uh, you can remain just living for you and shallow, mindless pop culture. Don't worry. You got plenty of time to do that and to find a mate as well. No, you don't. That's a lie. Even in our modern culture, in your 20s, people, people are pairing up. That's happening in the 20s. And that, that's not some relic from the past. And so be very careful about being arrogant and saying, well, we're smarter now. Like, well, why would anybody? I want to play the field. And yeah, a lot of people that play the field, there's no one left when they're 30 because no one wants a player. They want someone with character. They want someone who commit. You cannot spend 10 years or so just being a player and suddenly at 30 become responsible. You develop really bad habits. You become selfish. The other danger of opting out of marriage to a good partner early on, and what I mean by that is, man, be very careful about saying, uh, I'm just 24 right now or 25 right now or whatever. And yeah, I, I've met this amazing person and they are the whole package. But uh, I, I don't, you know, I won't wait until, no, no, bad idea, bad idea. If you stay single by 30 or 40, how are you going to grow up? How are you going to mature? Yeah, you can mature without marriage. I think that is possible. But you know what? How many, how many single people do you know who are still single in their 30s or 40s have grown up without a mate or children? Most of us need a spouse and children to bring about that maturity factor in the play. It's very hard to mature without those relationships because you don't have, I like what someone said, you haven't grown up until you realize that someone's more important than you are. Husbands are expected to lay down their lives for their wives as Christ died for the church, Ephesians 5. That's the beginning of maturity. When you realize, here's a person worth dying for. I would be willing to sacrifice my life to protect this person. And on a more practical level, daily level, I'm willing to sacrifice my time and my will and my preferences and my opinions and my comfort, and maybe my sleep, like in parenting, I'm willing to sacrifice that all for this precious individual. Okay, that's maturity. Now you're growing up. No, you do not just suddenly become mature at 30 or 40. And a career does not bring about the maturity. You might think, well, I'm not going to get into marriage. I'll get that maturity in a career. Really? Really, do you see the you do you see the career focused and career consumed individuals at your work? Do you, do you see that bringing about maturity in them? Maybe it brings about shrewdness or cleverness or manipulation, but it doesn't bring maturity and sacrifice. Here's another dangerous myth, and it's the emphasis on getting a degree and a career and claiming that will fulfill you. You don't need a man, you don't need a woman, you don't need kids that career will fulfill you. I know that over the years, some people have joked about and actually mocked young women going to a Baba college to get their MRS degree. But the truth of the matter is that most women, even completely secular women, go to college to get a degree and a career in order to find a mate in that order.
over half of men work hard to get a degree in advance in a company or business in order to attract a mate. That's why they're working hard. They want to attract a mate. So the reality is that Christians and non-Christians are both going to college to find someone to marry. That is what most people have always done and still do. Here is something else. When the ratio at a given college hits a ratio of, and this would be a college where it's both men and women are there, when there are suddenly two women for every man, the, the women start dropping out. And that should tell you something. They are there not primarily for an education or degree or a career. They are there to find a mate, a team player, someone to help them troubleshoot the affairs of life. I think I find it really sad that it looks like companies like Disney seem to have bought into the false narrative and they're creating characters now of, I don't need a man. I don't need anyone to save me. I don't need anyone's help. I am self-sufficient. I am powerful. I have the resources within me and I don't need anyone to fulfill me and I don't need anyone to love. I can love myself. Man, talk about creating a whole generation of self-centered individuals. How foolish. First of all, we all need saving because we've all sinned, Romans 3.23. We all need saving. In fact, the people that most loudly proclaim that they, they don't need saving tend to be some of the big, biggest train wrecks of all. Yeah, people that claim, well, I don't need a man. Yeah, well, your life is pretty much a mess right now. I don't need a woman. Yeah, good luck on that one. Big mess. The other thing here is that we need God and we need other people. Fortunately, the, the godly men that I respect, the preachers and elders that I respect, pretty much constantly over the years have said the same thing. Without the woman they met and married, their lives would presently be chaos or they would be dead. But you know, the devil flatters. You'll be like God, the garden. He appeals to the ego, 1 John chapter 1, the pride of life, right? And he will say, you are so smart, talented, gifted, you only need you. You have everything within yourself to make anything possible and anything happen. You can be anything that you want to be, and you don't need any help from anyone. Wow. I find that people that actually buy into that lie often end up insufferable, hard to get along with, half mad. They don't achieve in life what they could have achieved with another team player. They're raging at the world. They're alone. And they're often train wrecks in the end. And I thought someone was, I don't know, there may be, consider this. You have the three avenues of temptation in the garden and that the devil presents to Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew 4. And also in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 through 17, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. It just seems so like the first entrance is always the pride of life. And, and the whole thought is that you deserve, that is before we convince you to give into a, sim, a sinful urge or appetite, the lust of the flesh, before we convince you to grab something that you've been oogling with your eyes, the first thing that the devil is going to convince you of is that you deserve that. 
it's owed to you because you're so wonderful and you're so great. Man, be careful of the pride of life. Be careful of people that seek to flatter you, that seek to worm their way in through your ego. Lies that sound oh so good, but they're nothing but ear ticklers. I know, I know. It sounds so good and so flattering to say you don't need anybody. You are, you're resourceful and you got it all within you. You are that powerful, but it's a lie. Marriage is so, for most of us, so essential because it's another set of eyes and we need another set of eyes. And it's someone that pushes back when we're about ready to do something foolish because we don't have all the resources. We don't have all the knowledge. We don't see everything. We need some help. I'm impressed in Genesis 2. It's not good for man to be alone. And that was centuries ago. Verse 18. But it's still true. Most of us don't do well by ourselves. Remember, if you're tempted to say, man, right now what I want to do is just kind of spend time with me and travel. And, you know, it's my money and I don't have to share it with anybody. And you know what you need to have your eyes more closer focused on? If you're a man, a godly woman around you, a godly single woman, and you've observed her and she's the package, and her comments in Bible class are wise. She has her head on straight. She's compassionate. She's good with children. She can handle adversity. She doesn't fall apart in a crisis. She puts God first. She is faithful in her attendance. She is industrious. Whatever she does, she does it well. She's a hard worker. She is not lazy. She is sociable. She's out there at a gospel meeting. She's there at a Sunday evening service. She's at different social events, interacting with other adults. She's not weird. She's not selfish. She hasn't gobbled up the devil's Kool-Aid or a whole bunch of propaganda. And you might say, well, I really hadn't thought on marrying until blank. You're going to regret that decision one day. Because when you're ready... Other people may no longer be available. It's not about you. To say, well, I really don't want to marry until such and such an age. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom. It's about other people. If you're godly and they're godly, you need to get together and have offspring and make an impact upon this world. Because, you're, because in your 20s, you may need that person. Really, You may really need that person. This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, see you in the funny papers. <laughs>